podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. folks and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra. My name is David Edgar, I'm your host and I'm joined this week by Andy McGowan. Hello David. Now Andy, on Heart and Hand Extras, when we usually preview the weekend's fixture, which we will, but uh, we discuss anything that's happened in the world of Rangers between Monday's show and now. And there's two significant developments, both of which I'm glad to have you on for. One is a game, which we'll come to in a second. But first of all, Andy, um, you're our go-to guy in terms of, I know that you keep up to date with uh, Rangers finances and like to um, like to know what's going on with that. And, and you're our, our guy who kinda, can guide us through some of the more complex <laughs> terminology in it to, to us laymen. Now, the announcement has been made that Rangers with an um, organisation called Close Brothers... Uh, have finally, I suppose, secured for the first time since everything went down in 2012 a credit facility believed to be an overdraft facility of around about £3 million. Now, of course, by certain quarters that's been spun as a negative. I can't quite see why it's a negative. To me, it would seem to be a positive. But what's your take on it? I think it's a, a big, big signal of... I think Stuart Robertson used the term normalisation. So it was probably a strange thing for a company, forget the football club for a minute, but for a company the size and turnover of Rangers to not have banking facilities, traditional banking facilities. Absolutely. So it was a, it was a, bit, of a, a bit of a hangover from everything that's happened. So uh, it really was only a matter of time before it would, it would uh, kind of come around again. And, uh, and Close Brothers, they're, they're not a normal mainstream high street bank as you would, as you would think, they're a wee bit uh, different than a merchant bank, so uh, they wouldn't be taking on Rangers and offering lending facilities if uh, they had any doubts about the stability or the, the kind of surety of the club going forward so as you say, it's it's a positive. There's no, nothing else to take from it. It's a, it's a positive. It should be pointed out that having an overdraft facility, a bit like a domestic overdraft facility, doesn't mean you necessarily have to use it. It, it just means it's there. And it's not a case yeah. of that Rangers had to arrange this because of a lack of funds or anything like that. It's just with work that's going to be happening at Ibrox. And at a time of the year that's tight for non-Premier League uh, in England football clubs because obviously your big boost of money, your transfers and your season ticket money comes in uh, in the summer. Absolutely. It's a bit cash flow. That's all it is. Every football club outside the Premier League, as you say, but even in the Premier League down south, they'll have cash flow, ebbs and flows. And obviously during the summer is our Klondike when the, when the um, season ticket money comes in. And there are periods in the past where we've used ticketes. My God, I don't want to like to put flashbacks here, but we've used ticketes <laughs> in the past. It's the same kind of thing. So um, it's a perfectly normal thing for any company to have uh, an overdraft facility within reason, which aids cash flow. And I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a very good sign. You, you said a word I thought was really interesting because... I like the sound of it given everything we've gone through in the last few years and that's normalisation and that's really all this is isn't it it's nothing exceptional it's nothing that anyone should be in any way concerned about it just simply is something that as you say a business with a turnover of £30 million could reasonably expect to have yeah I mean anybody that attends Ibrox 
on a regular basis of seeing things change gradually. And I'm I'm talking about things like the the, the street lighting from Copeland Road up to the Copeland Road stand Govan uh, stand corner. That was renewed the other week, and what a difference it made. But it's probably one of the things that you don't notice, but I certainly noticed it because weeks before I'd said to my, my wife that the street was so dark it was bordering on dangerous. <laughs> it's true, though. Stuff like, it's true. Well, stuff like, that, stuff like that costs money. And stuff like that was so far down the priority at previous boards that it wasn't even on the radar. So all these wee things are, are happening in the background, and it, it's just a reminder that... Um, this club was was left bereft of anything. It was absolutely a carcass when, when the when the good guys took over, and slowly but surely it's been rebuilt brick by brick, off and on the park. So the banking facility just kind of I wouldn't say epitomises it, but it just shows that we're slowly but surely getting back to the, the state that we should have never been in out of. To be honest, so a, a small but important milestone. Then probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, anybody that puts a negative slant on it is going to put a negative slant on anything. And yes. I would dare say that they're not very, uh, they're not friends of Rangers, put it that way. Yeah, it does seem that if we don't have a credit facility, that means we're going into admin. If we do have a credit facility, that means we're going into admin. It, it, it doesn't appear that we can win with certain people, and that kind of makes me think that that's not entirely down to anything that we can or can't control. Moving on then to the football field, which is of course the the main reason that we're all we're all here and the main reason we all love the club. Uh, unlike fans of certain other teams, we care about what happens to our side on a football field. Rangers got back to winning ways after the disappointing defeat tabs at the weekend with a two 0 win over Partick Thistle on Tuesday night. Now, first things first, Andy, um, bother for fans getting in. I don't mean violent trouble I mean it was just it, it was troublesome for fans to get into the ground and this is not the first time that this has happened it seems to be coming more and more common um, this is surely something that the authorities have got to look at Yeah it's interesting you say that because uh, as I probably mentioned before I helped run a supporters club and it was the Friday night game not <clears throat> the Friday night game we played this season um, was actually worse uh, to the point where there was a wee bit of crushing, there was a real uh, potential for for something really serious to happen. I wrote to the, the match commander and I wrote to Partick Thistle. That's my kind of game. I like things like that. And I, I wrote to them and I told them exactly <clears throat> my experience and, and what could have harmed. And it was really only the goodwill of the assembled bears that, that, that night that stopped something serious happening. So I had major concerns. So... It was interesting what happened uh, on Tuesday night because there was a definite um, plan in place. There was a lot more police. There was a lot more stewarding. Uh, the barcode system for the tickets wasn't in play. They actually had stewards inside the, the ticket booths. And it still didn't work. So mm. I think you've got to raise questions about whether that stands fit for purpose because they've either not got enough turnstiles or they've got a major problem in uh, getting the fans through the doors quick enough. And safely. And it's a midweek, That's a key thing. It's a midweek game. You, you can't tell uh, folk to, to turn up early. They're, they're getting there just to know more for their work anyway. Mm. So uh, they really, really need to look at it. It's a, it's a big problem. As anybody who works in Glasgow knows, that even if you are travelling there from the city centre after your work, say you're finishing half five, six o'clock, uh, it's not easy to get to Maryhill at that time, the roads are, are clogged. 
just completely clogged. So yeah, you're right, the idea to get there early, lovely idea, but just isn't practical. And you're right, if, if people can't get in, that kind of, that kind of thing is... It, surely should be something that's looked at before safety certificates are granted to stand um, if punters are paying and missing the start of matches regularly it's not good enough No it's not, they shut off the front uh, road to outside Firhill as well so there was cars driving down that road or trying to drive down that road having to do a U-turn and then coming straight into the traffic the bus traffic and it was a, a log jam along mm. that uh, I think it's Stone End Road or Panmuir Road or something where the buses park so they made a balls yet again. Um, so I don't know what they do. They either can't handle the crowds or else they, they, they move the party fans. I don't know what they, they should do with it, but that's what, that's what match commanders are paid a, a fair wage for. Correct, absolutely. It's their responsibility. And uh, we, we're seeing these scenes too often. I think it's definitely something that needs to be looked at. To the match itself, Rangers, slow start. Um, I think it took us about 35, 40 minutes to really get into the game. Maybe a little bit of nerves after what happened at the weekend but we eventually did get going with a great goal um, Jason Cummings holds the ball up lovely ball to Daniel Kandias great first time cross into the box and a terrific run and finish from Josh Windass and we're going to come to what happened next in a minute I suspect I know your views on this Andy but uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to let you formulate them for a second uh, into the second half Again, almost similar to Saturday Rangers, though completely take over the match and get the the decisive second goal with a, a fantastic goal from James Tavernier, probably one that hasn't had enough attention. It's funny, I was talking to our podder Alex about that and I was saying that sometimes games that aren't live on traditional stations um, or, or don't happen in, in the bigger matches, you by that, you know, I mean Celtic, Aberdeen, etc., they don't get the attention they deserve and this is one that certainly did he drives in field to central midfield actually to the point that I thought what the hell is he doing there and I wasn't alone as it turned out when I spoke to Bears after it um, but plays a 1-2 with Josh Windass and it's not a very good return ball from Josh Windass actually behind him but he doesn't let that bother him he just takes the ball on and then curls a great shot into the top corner past the goalkeeper and Rangers comfortably see it out only real moment of danger I think came right at the end of the first half when a bit of bother in the Rangers' defence, possibly caused by Declan John, who was ill and had to go off at half-time, possibly caused by him not being quite as switched on, and, and that may be the reason for that. Um, Connor Salmon gets free and fires a, a low-curling shot across goal, but it's curling out the way um, and ends up hitting the post, but somehow not going in. So a, a lucky escape there, but Rangers then did take control of the second half. But the main talking point that seems to have come out of the match was shall we go all tabloid Andy and call it Shushgate when Josh Windass immediately after he scored appeared to make a shushing gesture with a finger to the lips to his own supporters uh, in that stand as he ran back and that's one thing but it was then later almost if you like compounded by he put a picture of that celebration up on his Instagram a bit later which I think some people saw as a bit of a provocative gesture, whether you're for it or against, I think everyone would agree that it was meant to get a reaction. Now, Andy, you were there, you're a guy who travels to every match. Um, what is your feeling on being a, appear, a player appearing to shush his own support? So, I think as you start, I've said this before in the pod, I'm, I'm a supporter that finds it very, very hard to follow the players, shall we say, or to criticise them too much. I've always got a soft spot for a Rangers player. But after the game, um, 
on Tuesday because I never actually noticed what happened. I was at the other end of the stand, so I never seen him do it at the game. But afterwards, when I seen what, what had happened and what he'd done, I was angry. I was actually angered by it, and, and that's quite unusual for me because usually that kind of thing wouldn't. I would kind of find a justification, or if can uh, kind of, if you dish it out, you can take get back and all that kind of stuff. So, Windass is a player that. Um, Rangers fans love to see a player that's committed and if that means getting stuck in or winning tackles then that's fine they'll, they'll usually give somebody uh, the benefit of doubt Windass that's a bit that misses for his game he, he, he closes players and then doesn't get a foot in um, he shits out of tackles he's not exactly competing for every ball and that's the kind of thing that can antagonise support and it can kind of shorten their uh, patience with him now if he's getting a bit of stick right and it's within reason, then that's football. If he's getting a lot of stick on Twitter and it's personal and it's out of control, then he shouldn't be on Twitter because Twitter's for maniacs, basically anonymous maniacs, and he shouldn't be taking it to heart. But what, what I would say about Windows is he's had a wee rich vein of form, but he's achieved nothing. And never, never mind at Rangers, he's achieved nothing in the professional game to date. I think he thinks he's better than he is now because he's getting a number 10 role at Rangers. Uh, and he's clearly got a wee bit of chip on his shoulder about the stick that he takes for some aspects of his game. I think that the stick, no stick, but I think the constructive criticism of some aspects of his game is justified. Now, he's 24. He's no a wee boy. You made a good point the other day, David, that when we were 24, we were daft and stupid and doing things like that. But the difference is he's a professional football player. He's playing for Rangers. He can tell us to shush when he's won us something. And he can, and he's getting medals to back up his arrogance, because uh, I don't think he appreciates the standards at Rangers and the players that have went before him and set those standards, because he's nowhere near them. Mm-hmm. And I think he should uh, appreciate that fact uh, and earn his right to tell us to shush. Because as you say, David, there's fans there cut their work early. There's fans there have, have travelled far and wide, spent money, stood freezing their bollocks off. And then he disappeared up the tunnel at full time without even turning around to give the fans applause. It's totally out of order, and I don't want to make a, a huge thing out of it because it'll be forgotten on Sunday if he scores, but somebody should be having a word in his ear. Well, Graham Murty did say afterwards, he said, uh, I will speak to him about it. I, he hadn't seen it at the time either, but he said, uh, if he's done that, I will speak to him. He said, I don't know why he's done it, but I don't know why he does a lot of the things he does, which I, I think. Um, he hinted in, in that interview a little bit about frustration about saying that um, he can do he praised him for the goal and said he can do those kind of things but then it, and this is Graham Murty talking he said but then in the next breath he does something that leaves you scratching your head so I, I think there is a little bit of frustration from the manager there who of course after the Fraserburgh match had mentioned that Josh Murty maybe wasn't doing or following the instructions that he was giving him so I think he is trying to work on that and again that's something that comes down to maturity and as you say possibly this belief that he's a little bit better or a little bit more important to the team than he is that he feels he can play his own way and that that will lead to him contributing more Um, look at the end of the day I just felt a couple of things firstly it's the wrong target if he's taking abuse on social media I suspect a lot of the people who do that kind of thing don't go to games, certainly don't regularly go to away games Um, the the Rangers away support is magnificent, absolutely magnificent and they're not the type that are going to waste their time 
tweeting Josh Windass to tell him he's pish if any and the other type that are going to make up a song for every Rangers player and sing it. So I just think that it's a mixing of audiences that if he wants to get it up the people who were giving him abuse on social media, then do that. But he didn't. He did it to people who, as you say, had paid money to go and see him and do so regularly and, and take time out of their lives to go and support him. And that was wrong. However, see, even if you believe that Josh Windass was totally justified in doing this, right? And you think it's just old folk that can't handle it, uh, that can't handle a bit of criticism or it's too sensitive or, or any of that stuff. It doesn't matter who's in the right here in the final analysis because whether you think Josh Windass was right to do that or whether you think Josh Windass was wrong to do that, the majority of the Rangers support will think he's wrong to do that and will mm-hmm. hold it against him. That's simply, I think even his biggest defenders on this issue would agree with that, that this is going to be the kind of thing that makes them dislike him. And when Rangers fans dislike a player, they won't celebrate him. They will tolerate him up until he makes a mistake, which Josh Windass is the type of guy to have a bad game or make an error. And then they'll turn on him and the relationship turns bad and it stops the player fulfilling his potential at the club. You cannot win an argument with the fans, right? Unless you are, as you mentioned earlier, a highly successful, decorated player. But in that case, they love you anyway, and they're mm-hmm. unlikely to argue with you. I, I do wonder sometimes if there is just an issue that we never really address as football fans, Andy, that there are people... And remember, we're only seeing them in 2D, right? I mean, we don't see the full rounded-out person. Josh Windass, as he showed in that video for that young boy at Christmas, clearly has you know, qualities as a human being. But we only really get the representation of what they're like on the park and to a lesser extent through their social media. And it can just occasionally happen that while you support everyone who plays for your team and you want to get behind them, there are just some people you take a dislike to. And if Josh Windass gets into that position with the fans where they just don't like him, then... It's not going to work, and that's really unfortunate because he has a chance at a big club, and he'll never play for a bigger one. That's just a fact. Josh Windass is a good player. He will never play for a bigger club than Rangers. Might play for a richer one. Might play for one in a bigger league. Won't play for a bigger one. But he is, I think, causing his own problems, poisoning that relationship to a degree. Whereas if you look at someone like James Tavernier, who takes a fair bit of abuse on Saturday, especially on social media, really undeserved. And I come back to the type of people who think it's okay to tweet abuse to players for making a mistake. I mean, I think we would all agree listening to this what those type of people um, uh, should, should be viewed as. But he then gets his head down, gets on with it, scores a magnificent goal, runs to the fans full of joy and... That's that's it. You know, everybody just celebrates with him and goes, ah, oh, he's a good guy, James Tavernier. And Josh Windass denied himself that with that silly gesture. And even if you can say, oh, well, it's the heat of the moment, and I've got some sympathy for that, and as I mentioned to you earlier and you brought up, I was a daft bastard until I was 31, so I can hardly criticise anybody for immaturity. Uh, and some would say still. But... <laughs> but to then go back and post it again on Instagram, that you can't put down to, oh, he hasn't thought about it, it's instinct. He's clearly been thinking about it before he scored and then 
clearly it's been on his mind after it. And it's just one of these situations where, as you said, somebody needs to take him aside and say, what do you hope to get out of this? Did you hope that once they'd seen that, they all went, you're right, you're right, we were all totally wrong, that's got it up us, well done Josh, because that's not what's going to happen, that's not how football, fa- and are we right, are we wrong, are we irrational, it doesn't matter, what matters is how we will react, and anyone with a brain can tell you how we'll react Andy. Uh, he's put you under pressure basically, because uh, he's actually got an integral part in the way we play now. So if you take that formation that we've played against Aberdeen and Hibs and even on Tuesday night, he's central to it. If he's ticking, then the team does well, as you've seen with the goal he scored. If he's not, then we're going to struggle. So there's a lot of responsibility on Josh Windass's shoulders in terms of how we play within a match. I think he's got lack of perspective. I think he's either get caught on the Twitter sphere as, as a 24-year-old might it's no real life. He needs to extricate himself for that. He needs to do what James Tavernier does because he'll take plenty of stick on Twitter. But I doubt he's sitting there pouring over it and taking it to heart. Now, um, if Windass is using it as a motivation, use it as a motivation. But don't rub our noses in it and don't rub the wrong people's noses in it. But as you say, um, he's, he's, he's caused the a problem because, as you say, David, Envy didn't like him to start with. Envy was giving them the benefit of doubt that might tip them one way or other. Absolutely. Um, absolutely needless is, is the way I would put it. Absolutely needless. Uh, absolutely needless to stick out his Instagram as well because, as I say, on Tuesday night when I seen it unfold, I thought, you silly bastard, and how dare you? <laughs> mm. And it might be a wee bit in a heat in a moment thing because, as you say, that video at Christmas, the young boy, not the rest of it, shows the, the human side of him, but he needs to remember where he is. He needs to remember who he's playing for. He needs to remember what your fans... Um, contribute to the club and contribute to, to, to uh, the atmosphere and everything that goes with playing with Rangers if he can't handle it go and play for Preston North End and be a hero there because it's not the same thing no, it's and not. it may be too late for him when he realises that I just wonder not to get all class warrior about it here but he grew up the son of a footballer and Josh Windass has never had to save up to buy tickets or worry about where the season ticket money was coming from or borrow enough money for the bus to get to the game to follow his team and therefore I wonder if it is hard for him to have that perspective and to understand what it's like for guys like us and that maybe we do take it a bit too seriously but we also as well as investing our emotion and our time in it we invest our money and it's not always money that we really have to invest. Oh, oh definitely. I mean, uh, we do take it too seriously, right? That's a, a given. But we take it too seriously because we feel it's important, is and uh, as you say, it's something that you remember emotions far more than you remember anything else. So that was an emotion we felt when he did that to the support. It was a case of well, I'm no way. I'm, 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 I'm proving you wrong. That's fine, but. It was just the wrong way to do it altogether. Tavernier showed him the, the right way to do it, as you say, Davey. We need to forget about it, both both parts, because as you say, it's a, it could be a damaging thing if we carry it as a support and he carries it as a player. There's got to be a wee kind of uh, kiss and make-up between us and Josh Windass, I dare say. Mm. And the way he does that is by giving his performances, scoring goals, 
and fucking winning things that's the bottom line because if you do that then all is forgiven yeah score goals for us Josh not despite us or because of us you know score goals for us and fans will love you forever and that won't as you said you know Preston North End being a legendary ain't the same as being a legend at Glasgow Rangers <laughs> tell you that right now uh, and if that's what you want your career fine but you've got a chance to do something with a big club uh, and as you say there's a lot of players Andy that have only realised that once it's too late yep Okay. So, oh, so sorry, we'll, we'll have an amnesty on Josh. We'll yes. Put it down to youth. Yes. <laughs> and as old kids, me and you, Dave, we're forty now. I know. I know. I keep hearing this term "Rangers da," and uh, I wonder now <laughs> where I fit in because, as you know me, it's kind of like a, a death before fatherhood. But uh, maybe I'm getting into that. Maybe I'm getting into that stage. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't pretend to know whether you to be down with the young folks, as they say. But uh, yeah. but no. Hey, listen. If if Josh Windass hits. 12 in the next 11 games then he'll have no bigger supporter than me um, you know praising him to the high heaven so that's the way to, to get it up your detractors in my opinion um, to Sunday's match then Andy Scottish Cup tie away to Air United uh, live on Sky now for any Bears travelling to that from Glasgow if you're going by rail there's a replacement bus service every Sunday between Paisley Gilmer Street and Cowinning that will slow you down so please be aware of that um, both ways, but particularly when you're going down, obviously, to, to make kick-off, that will slow you down. Now, Andy, um, on paper, this is and should be a very straightforward tie. Is it straightforward enough that we can make a lot of changes or do we have to be respectful of the fact that this Rangers team, even when everyone's fit, can chuck in performances that are sub substandard at times and play our strongest side show mm-hmm. air the due respect and make sure that we're in the hat come the come the final whistle uh, I think because it's a Scottish Cup uh, there's no second chances I don't think we're in a position to mix things up very much it might see they'll change the team I suppose but I think the, the core of the team will remain it's too important for that um, I don't anticipate any big problems it'll be a well, they're right at an attacking team by accounts. I can't say I've seen them, but uh, they've scored a lot of goals. They play pretty open football. So I hear. So you would think that that would suit us, as opposed to a team that's going to sit in and be stuffy. So um, it'll be a good game because I like Somerset Park. It's an old-fashioned um, shithole. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, it, and it's great. Somebody... Yeah, it's great because of that. I, I never want it to change. I never want it upgraded. It's a good old-fashioned shithole. And that might be two Rangers dads speaking, Andy, but uh, <laughs> these youngsters can keep their, their modern stadium. I like to go right. on occasionally that you're like, fucking hell. That's what it used to be like. Every week, boys. Exactly. So, uh, uh, the last last time we played a couple of scenes, well, midweek, it was a good a good occasion despite the weather. And uh, she was like a good surface, incidentally, doing it some set. So, um, I would like to see us take care of business early, score a few goals. Um, and I hope Air do come out and play attacking football because I think that'll suit us quite well. We've got a lot of pace in the team. I've said this before with Murphy, Candace, Windass. Um, it gives us good counter attacking options, catching teams on the break. So, I hope that's to be McCall plays it. Now we saw Candace and uh, Murphy on either side of the midfield the other night with again Josh Windass just in behind the the lone striker who was Jason Cummings, who I thought did okay. His hold up play was really good, but 
I think a wee bit like Jamie Murphy, I, I got the impression that that's maybe two guys that are actually trying a wee bit too hard at the moment, which is understandable and good. I want them to want to impress, but I wonder if maybe somebody just taking them aside and going, relax, we know you're good players, just go and play your game. Might not be beneficial. Yeah. No, I thought Cummins was a wee bit isolated on Tuesday night for my liking, but what he did do is he worked very, very hard and he, and he made a, the most of what he got, especially the first goals. You can see that. It was a fantastic uh, forward pass. Murphy, I like what I'm seeing here, and I'll tell you why, because he's taking responsibility. And if you're a winger with Rangers, you've got to, because as soon as you hide, as soon as you start turning in, passing the ball back the way, um, that, we'll that's notice. a problem yeah. support so he always he always seems positive he's always trying to take his man on he's trying to cut and have a few shots the final ball hasn't quite been there yet but that'll come he's, he's a good player he's always been a good player and it's just a, a case of settling into his role at Rangers and as you say it might be just one of the things where he's trying too much given the fact that it's a, a dream move for him and everything else he just needs to relax and, and play his natural game uh, same for Cummins Cummins will come fine um, I don't know if we'll ever see him and Morelis on a regular basis together but I tell well, you what I'd like to see it well I was just going to ask is you that? that is this the type Aye. of game where because I agree with you incidentally I thought the other night there were times that uh, Jason Cummings looked quite isolated and I felt the same the game before against Hibs with Alfredo Morelos and uh, Morelos is the type who will come back and get involved a wee bit more but while the manager obviously likes this formation and there's no doubt that Windass can deliver a goal threat from time to time I think that he's not the type of player who links up the midfield and the striker um, as, as a huge strength of his I think he's he's got skills which is great strength great timing of runs, ability to finish but I don't necessarily think that in the kind of number 10 more traditional sense of a guy who can take the ball from the midfield and link with the striker particularly well I'm not sure that's his game is it maybe yeah. something we need to look at as seeing, look, can we get these two together? Is it worth playing one of them up top and one slightly deeper and asking them to be the link player? I, I don't know, but I do feel that the trade-off of playing Josh Windass is that your striker will, as you say, at times be having a pretty tough um, one-man shift up there. Yeah, and, it, and I mean, I understand that that formation, that is a sacrifice of the front man. He is going to take a lot of stick probably no look uh, his best himself because he's going to be um, he's not going to have much to work with and it's supposed to leave the space for the likes of Windass uh, to, to, to run into but um, I don't know I just I just feel that Cummings and Morelis would be a real real handful for any defence uh, in terms of strength in terms of um, shooting two of them like to shoot on sight a lot of the time uh, I think Morelis could play a wee bit deeper so uh, behind Cummins because he does it a lot anyway naturally mm. and his link-up play is actually pretty immaculate most of the time it very very seldom will he give the ball away uh, when he's linking up with the midfielder so I think he could do that um, but of course it depends on Murray's, Murray's uh, ideas and, and how he wants to play it I, I, it's a fair shout David Sunday might be the time to do it but um, as long as Windass is scoring goals like Tuesday, the, the chances of him being dropped are pretty slim, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think that the manager is a soft spot for him as a player. Um, we spoke about this in the show earlier in the week, actually, when we were talking about the guys were saying that they felt he maybe would drop it, and, and I, I don't, because I think he sees him as... I don't think he's he's unaware, Graham Murray, of Windass's flaws. 
but I think he sees him as a bit of, uh, if you like, a kind of an uncut diamond, that somebody that can do something that maybe nobody else in the team can do. And managers well, like players like that. He really is, yeah, doesn't he? Do it question that when Nash has got potential to be a, a fantastic player, he just needs to do it more often. And uh, I think he relies upon his teammates quite a bit to either make the space or whatever because he's not the winger that we, we've seen in the early days, his time at Rangers. He's, he's no a left winger as such. I think this is his position as, as a striker, not even as a number 10. We've seen it up at Pataudry, the way he played when he was playing off the front. Um, the first match as well against first match against uh, Aberdeen, I thought as a second striker he was terrific. Aye, and and I think that's his position. He does tend to drift a wee bit back into the midfield. So no, I think we're screaming out for two up front. Probably if I've been strictly uh, theoretical, we have got two up front. We've got Morelos and Windass. It's just it's just where Morelos uh, Windass chooses to play his game. Now, um, before I before I let you go, we'll, we'll do the predictions last. Um, it looks as though, obviously, with Jason Holt suspended, there'll be another captain coming soon. This is probably the season I remember more captains than at any other time um, watching Rangers. Now, is the captaincy an overrated British thing, or is it? simply a case of we've just been really unlucky with injuries and that although Rangers you know, still feel the armband is very important that every time somebody's got it this season they appear to have been hit with the, the, you know, the black spot from Treasure Island and, and cursed <laughs> uh, Personally for me um, the captaincy is uh, it's nothing too important I think you, you're your captains are captains in the dressing room or in the park whether they've got an armband on or no. Uh, I think you should have a figurehead at the club as such as a club captain, so we've got Lee Wallace, but I don't think it really matters who's the captain on the park when I match day. Um, ideally, a club, a team like Rangers, should have four or five players that should be, in inverted commas, a captain. Yeah. Um, you've got Russell Martin there, you've got... Uh, who else have we got? <laughs> <laughs> you got Russell Martin. Tav. I don't know, but you're, you're, Tavernier's coming in that kind of category as well. Um, just leaders on the park is, is another byword for captain, as far as I'm concerned. It always was when I played football. Mm. No, absolutely. I, I can see that. I just think I'm kind of, and I'm old fashioned here. I, I just think that there's something, there's a gravitas about the Rangers captaincy, and it's an honour. And I think I've always liked to see it on, as you say, the type of guys that you can not only. Um, see their leadership on the part that you kind of admire as people as well and I, I just think there's import to that but like I say I know that that's um, not not an opinion shared by everybody and also you know very much a British thing I know that a lot of foreign managers coming to Britain are, are quite surprised um, by the amount of focus put on whoever has the captaincy and to the point where you know if they leave out the guy who's the captain for tactical reasons and the place goes barmy I think that some mm-hmm. foreign managers kind of think, well, you know, I wanted to pick this other player. It's not, but in Britain, certainly when I was growing up, if you were the captain, you were playing unless you couldn't. Yeah. Aye, all kind of Brian Robson. Aye, aye. Every week with yeah. Phil, kind of thing. But you've got to be a tremendous player to justify that in the first place. You've got, you've got to be a Francesco Totti or something like that to, to get that. I don't think we've got any player that's in that position anyway, but. Well, yeah, yeah. Point. Maybe you're right. I mean, back when you've got a Richard Goff 
he's going to play every mm-hmm. week. But you're right, when you've got players that haven't maybe necessarily even nailed down their position, then yeah. it becomes a bit... I suppose then you just give it to Wes on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he's most likely to be consistently out there. Get to Josh. Get to yeah. Josh Windham. Get to you, listen that. But do you know what? See, as, as two guys who appear on podcasts regularly, Andy, that would be manna from heaven for us. Because it, it, it gives us plenty to talk about in an upcoming show. Okay, my friend, give me the predi- your prediction for Saturday. Uh, Sunday even. Saturday will probably Sunday. be no goals scored for Rangers. But Sunday at half two. Uh, I'll go for 3 nothing Rangers. I will join you in that. I'm going to go for 3 nothing Rangers as well uh, this weekend. So fingers crossed, Rangers. Don't make me and Andy look, look stupid. Um, just to remind everyone then that if you enjoy listening to myself and Andy, you'll get to hear us loads more and loads of other guys besides on our Patreon site, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where we've got loads and loads of new shows coming at you every single day. So if you're sick of listening to the mainstream media and you'd rather listen to us for a couple of hours every day or people like us, because it's not just me and him, then please go and visit that. If not, you'll be able to find us both on Twitter. Andy, you are at... At Bob McPhail. Uh, and I say this every week, but it's true. I wish I'd thought of that. Uh, I'm at Ibrox Rocks, and you can come and chat, and we'll, you know, we'll do our best to... Right. To, to do, do you know why the, the Bob McPhail came about? Might hear a fantastic story. Go on. Right. I, I was 11 years old, and every afternoon after school, my dad would take me down the shore with a ball. We used to walk it, run along the shore front. And one day I did it with my CRS, CR Smith top on. And there was an old gentleman at the Salkwood Shorefront with his daughter, out for a walk, immaculately dressed. And he stopped me and he said to me, what team's that, son? And I looked at him as if he was there. And I said, Rangers? And he says, are you sure? He says, I says, aye, Rangers. And he took a wee badge off his lapel and put it on my strip. And my dad asked the daughter who he was. And he says, that's Bob McPhail. Fuck off. Really? Aye. You jammy bastard. <laughs> oh, and, man. Uh, that's a wee story. I didn't realise the, the significance at the time, but that's uh, one of the things that a legend walks amongst us. So there you go. Oh, what a gentleman. That's absolutely outstanding. Have you got the badge still? Oh, no, I fucking lost it. You useless bastard. I know. It was a wee official pendant that all the players go to at the time. And... Uh, I don't know what's happened to her. Utterly I'll, wasted I'll speak, on I'll you. I'll speak to my mother, see if she's got it somewhere. She keeps stuff safe. Uh, utterly wasted <laughs> on you, Andy. I was only two towns oh, away. I was telling you wrong. I was only two towns away in Cowinning and I would have treasured it. If, uh, <laughs> if, I, if I'd have met him, see, I, I, curse, I curse you, God, for me not being on the beach that day, but that is a fantastic yeah, story. So if you want to give Andy abuse for losing Bob McPhail's badge, <laughs> um, you know where to find them. I'll, I'll join you. Tag me in it and I'll join you on that as well. So thanks to our executive producers, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Mike, uh, Paul Myers. Not Mike Myers, that would be troubling. Um, I'll be back to talk to you all on Monday. May well be Andy back then uh, as well. well. We'll decide nearer the time. So Andy, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Pleasure as always. Everyone, enjoy your wee joint to the seaside this weekend to see the bells and I will talk to you again on Monday. Cheers. Bye. Podcast Network.